Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another BP Movie Journal, the show I do where I talk about the stuff I've seen since the last time I did one of these. Uh, I'm David. Um, I do these solo now pretty much all the time. Uh, that will change um, somewhat uh, eventually when, when, when Tyler's all the way back ready, but... Um, uh, I also know he's watching more TV than than movies because uh, uh, it's 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 easier uh, for him being um, unable to operate a remote control himself. It's easy to, easier for him to just uh, have someone hit play and let the whole season autoplay. Um, so uh, yeah, I am going to talk about some movies that I've seen recently, and I am going to start with. Um, Academy Award nominee, The Quiet Girl, directed by Calm... Oh, man. Why'd I get, why'd I get on this road? Uh, Byreed? It's probably not pronounced like that. Um, this is uh, a movie that I was really taken aback by. I thought it was going to be one of those sort of middle-brow, um, uh, you know often the foreign language submission from a representative country um is not the best movie of uh from that country that year i'm not saying this is the best irish movie of the year and i'm not saying it's not made to appeal to middlebrow oscar voters it is but that doesn't mean it's bad it appealed to me too um mostly in its uh its patience and its sense of of place and um it's a its willingness to not make the horrors of this girl's life to, to, to not be exploitative uh, about them and and um uh and and get in and manipulate you into sympathy that way like so many sort of uh movies about uh dysfunctional families and unhappy childhoods do uh but this is a movie about a girl who um comes from a like i said a, a, a not uh very good very kind um or loving family but uh she gets sent to live with i am not entirely clear it's also been like a month since i watched it on what the relationship is of this other couple but she, she gets to sent, sent to live with another couple who are older and um uh do not have a child um uh, for for a summer and uh things go just swimmingly it's the the movie is so <laughs> Uh, on on one hand it's so pleasant so much of the time because this girl comes from a place where things don't go well for her usually and she keeps being surprised to find that these are kind people and caring people and and she's going to be taken care of uh and it keeps being a surprise and the the things that she is leaving behind back home uh are rarely you know literalized or articulated you know uh, blatantly but there is the movie does have this awareness it has the and, and the audience has the awareness that this is just for the summer she, she, this is not her new 
home. There's an end to this, and she's going to have to go back to the unhappiness at the beginning of the movie, and that's the tragedy of it. So it's a, um, it's a lovely, patient, um, uh, I already used patient earlier. Movie that is, it's bittersweet, of course. Um, it's almost no bad things happen for almost the entire runtime of the movie and yet it feels like um one of the great greatest tragedies uh you can imagine uh okay so um speaking of families uh with with troubles i saw carla simon's movie alcaraz um which uh is about a family who live on and operate in orchard um but they are kind of surprised to realize that they don't own it um there's no official paperwork even though they've lived on there on it for generations um there's no official paperwork or anything that says that they own it and the person who does legally own it um is wants to push them off uh, uh, of it and uh it it um tears the family apart in many ways uh really i think the most fascinating thing is the the main the father of the i mean there's it's a multi there there's not it's not just a nuclear family there's uncles and grandpas and aunts and grandmas and stuff um but there's a main there is a main family um and that father uh his apparently his plan to deal with this problem is 100% denial that it's going to change. He is intent every morning on getting up and running the orchard as if it's going to be just like any other year and that, that, that there's going to be a next year. Um, he's not doing anything to, to stop it. He is just completely pushing forward in the face, making no plans for what seems to be inevitable. Um, and the those in the family and the extended family who are maybe a bit more accepting not not in a happy way but um more resigned and accepting and willing to be pragmatic are seen as or seen by him as sort of traitors so he becomes um he becomes this man who is surrounded by family and yet is completely alone because he's at odds with his family and he's at odds with the reality, uh, outside the orchard. Um, it's not just about him. It's a, it's a family portrait. Um, the kids are a huge part of it a lot. Like, uh, as with Carlos Simon's, um, is it previous movie? Um, I don't know chronologically, but as with summer 1993, um, from 2017, which is really also a really good movie. It's, it's very, um, uh, very much willing to spend time with kids and see the kid see the world the way that 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 kids do um uh, which which kind of helps i think uh uh make peace with how incomprehensible the patriarch's uh, actions actions are um next up you heard me i won't spend too much time on it because you probably heard me talk about it on the uh best of 2022 uh list uh episode when i when we got to most underrated film but uh david o russell's uh amsterdam is um 
a a true delight um uh i i, I don't know i i don't want to get back into talking about how it's underrated but i truly don't see how other people saw it i i think i said this on the episode i think people don't people who don't like it maybe don't aren't on the wavelengths where they understand that all the things that are funny are supposed to be funny um it's i mean it you know there are there is such thing as a movie that is a comedy but also has stakes and and pathos and uh and and great actors um and i and i feel like some people maybe maybe had a hard time reconciling the goofier aspects of amsterdam with uh its loftier goals in terms of character work which i think is well done and then in terms of messaging which i think is the 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 weak spot of the movie the um even though i agree with the 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 messaging and and the fight against anti-democratic forces um just the fact that the movie literally literally turns into a lecture at the end um is uh uh uh, where i started to sour on it but that's at the very end up until then i had so much fun um uh watching everyone just say increasingly ridiculous things um and also as i said on the the podcast episode i didn't know the the extent of the cast um and it's it's very fun and i think david russell is expecting you to like be surprised at certain appearances the way they're they're framed or the way they're cut to the way they're presented um you know you just you know they they're going to see a man of some sort and then the big you know double doors of this mansion swing open and there's Anya Taylor-Joy and it's like oh my god Anya Taylor-Joy is in this house <laughs> um it's uh yeah um I, I I had so much fun watching it laughed laughed all the way through it okay next up um I saw hmm Okay, uh, Roman Gavris uh, is Gavris's. I don't know uh, Athena. Athena. Uh, it's a French film, um, and Gavris is uh, same family as Costa Gavris, son, nephew. I don't know. I don't remember, but uh, is related. And, and so once again, has made a what is essentially a political thriller. Um, uh, this one is uh, much more of a full-on action movie than something like Zed or State of Siege. Uh, but um, uh, it still is uh, has a revolution and protest on its mind. Uh, the movie follows a, um, a group of, I guess, housing project dwellers, mostly young, mostly Arab, who um uh mount a stand against the police forces after the police uh kill um one of the young men from this housing project the uh brother of the two main characters um 
and there are i mentioned it's an action movie there are action type sequences in the movie especially early on that are just fantastic um the opening i know you know sometimes people including sometimes i'm guilty of uh of, of griping about the showiness of the uh, single take shot. Um, but this movie opens um, with something that is not only just like physically technically impressive uh, that there's, it's a huge amount of choreography over a large part of, of Paris um, uh, um, choreography of camera, of vehicles, of actors, of pyrotechnics. Uh, it, it's, it's a really fascinating um and it's also it, it also it uses that single take um I, I i the single take concept i think well to to illustrate how um things are things are linked that the uh, because it starts in such a bureaucratic call official place very serious place um and to make the direct contract connection is the word i'm looking for um without any sort of cut uh from that to the uh fiery protest um is i think a good use of it uh uh, unfortunately i think outside of those uh well-mounted set pieces i don't think the movie has that much to say um it all seems very thin in the like we understand like poor minorities and cops those are the two sides of the story and that is that is true but the movie doesn't bring anything new to that there's there's very little um nuance among i mean we don't like have we don't really have cop characters there's like i mean there's one or two but it's really about the 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 protesters and the and the kids living in the housing project uh within that dynamic there's not much uh uh nuance to the characters that isn't doesn't feel like sort of copy pasted um um so uh yeah i i found it to be ultimately um thin soup but uh kind of worth watching for that opening shot alone that which is the opening i don't know i don't know how long it is i'm gonna guess like seven eight minutes um okay uh hi there it's julia louis dreyfus you may know me from my podcast called wiser than me where i talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. All right. Next up, I finally got around to seeing Ryan Coogler's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I love Angela Bassett. I really like Letitia Wright. Um, I feel like, um, I, I know that there's, you know, was it like anti-vaccination stuff or something? Um, she said some dumb stuff, uh, and I don't like deny that, but I also just think she's a very talented actor and, uh, um, 
always fascinating to to watch. So putting her in in the lead, uh, because obviously, um, sadly, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away. Um, uh, I think is a is a is a good move. Um, I, I like Shuri as a character, um, and uh, uh, I, I I definitely like this movie for character dynamics um and for the occasional bit of you know location photography you know outdoor location photography as opposed to the green screen sets and the um uninspired action set pieces we've come to to expect um from these mcu movies you you know everything is just like I'm, i'm just repeating everyone else's complaint but everyone everything's just like weightless and meaningless um in in their action sequences you know um uh even when they have a good idea in an action sequence it seems like it's not an original idea like there was a there's a part there they're on a on a ship and uh the enemy is attacking them from the water and you've got the uh dora milage is that the i think the um uh, the the female warriors um, you've got that rope they've got ropes tied around their waists and there are men on the deck of the ship holding the ropes and then the dormelage run down the side of the ship uh, and that's cool and everything but also like um, Zhang Yimou did it in the Great Wall like uh, it was very cool there uh, too of course no one saw that movie um, so I'm not gonna they're probably going to get away with, with ripping it off. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, um, I'm trying to think what I can say that I haven't already said. I already said on the podcast, uh, that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is, is, is good in her, in her small role. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, next up, uh, slightly, I would say considerably better than fine is, uh, uh, A.V. Rockwell's film A Thousand and One starring Tiana Taylor um, which this shows how like out of touch I am uh, or how weird my relationship is to pop culture that I was like oh the singer Tiana Taylor is acting now in a, in a movie like she's <laughs> she's been an actor for years in fact she was known as an actor more than so than a singer I'm just very I don't know, I have blinders on sometimes to the things that I don't watch, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so, 1001 is a... Uh, Tanner Taylor plays a woman who uh, has been... As the movie starts, has been released from prison. Um, her uh, son is living in a uh, in the foster system, in a foster home, I think. Uh, and uh, she is working to get him back. And then I guess... Yeah, I guess I'll spoiler spoil the first major thing that happens because it happens very happens very early on she takes him she essentially i mean it's it's kidnapping it's not uh uh what you're supposed to do but she's man she manages to sort of like uh disappear into into the city um uh and and send him to school under a, a different name and and live like that for a while how long that'll be uh that'll be for you to discover um as as the movie goes on uh the 
yeah, it's it's a very it's a very good movie. Uh, the things that make it worth seeing are uh, first and foremost Hannah Taylor uh, herself is is fantastic, but also Av Rockwell's um, uh, sense of tangible connection to these neighborhoods and to to New York City. Um, the the movie I I don't think uh, uh, coincidentally um, also takes place I, I'm trying to like dance around saying how many years it takes place over but uh, it takes place around the turn of the 21st century um, in, in New York City uh, where obviously in 2001 one very big thing happened in, in New York City but uh, it tracks the kind of changing new york city at the same time as this mother-son relationship uh develops and and changes over the years and and so uh that the the way that av rockwell never takes her eye off of the uh physical surroundings and and the neighborhood and the and the locations and and the way she um uh establishes the rhythms of the neighborhood or neighborhoods that the uh, characters live in through um, sort of these establishing montages at the beginning of every like little time jump uh, is really impressive, lyrical and like thoughtful. It's not just like the generic sort of like, Hey, this is New York. Here's, you know, the thing where the uh, light changes to walk and 800 people cross the sidewalk at once. That's the sort of thing you've seen like uh, a, a million times. There's a real specificity to um, the uh, economy and ecology of these of these neighborhoods that um, uh, I found really compelling and, and uh, that I was really attracted to. All right, I am completely losing track of how many more I have left. Um, oh, I only have two left. Is that right? Could that be right? Yes, I only have two left. So uh, I will talk about a movie that um, I can't recommend, but it's also kind of uh, interesting. Um, It's directed by Benjamin Millipede. It's called Carmen, and it is a modern-day retelling of the opera Carmen. Um, uh, It's a... uh, a um, Mexican woman on the run um, from some sort of unknown uh, uh, group that that wants to kill her um, crosses the border and and sort of uh, um, disappears into this um, underground uh, I guess Los Angeles cabaret scene um run by a friend of her mother's um uh, and she also teams up with a uh i don't know a (laughs) border patrol officer or a volunteer border guard officer um who's going undergoing an existential crisis who decides to sort of join her instead of uh doing what he was volunteering to do and they they sort of go on the run to together um and uh the movie is a musical um but it's i mean it's the kind of musical where all the songs are like 
diegetic and explained and, you know, accounted for in the real world. Um, well, for the most part, um, as it goes on, they, they do get a little bit more outlandish, um, to mixed results. I will say, uh, there are like the way these things are staged, the way the, the, the locations that Benjamin Lapide chooses to, to, to shoot in the, the, grand grandiosity uh and theatricality of his vision at times is really rewarding at times falls completely flat on its face and then also as like i was saying with athena and like outside of the choreography everything is pretty thin it's this movie is also like it's uh corny and not in a winning endearing way it's in a way that like it it's clear where benjamin Benjamin Millipede's uh, um, attentions were, and they weren't on uh, dialogue scenes. <laughs> you know, they're in the big numbers and, and set pieces. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't mentioned that the border the border guard guy is Paul Mescal, who um, is having uh, quite a moment. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish I could say. Um, uh, more about it the best thing i will say for it is that it does uh feature prominently um the actress rosie de palma who whom you have seen in like every uh elmodovar movie and um she's fantastic i i i love her um i was excited the moment i saw her and excited when i realized she was going to be sticking around in the movie all right one final one one final push and then we'll be done with this episode uh I saw Daniel Goldhaber's How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And you guys, this movie is incredible. Uh, I am now even more upset that I didn't, that I, that I wasn't able to, uh, not for lack of trying, wasn't able to see it at TIFF last year. I would have been seeing its praises for months instead of uh, just, just now. But uh, it's, uh, it's a, it reminds me very much... I, I think this movie, in some ways, might end up turning some people off because it will be popular with the film bros. <laughs> because it does remind me of that sort of, like, 90s era... Like, mid-90s era of American independent film where it was, like, we're basically doing recognizable Hollywood films, but with sensibilities that you don't find, you know, um, uh, maybe a little pushed a little bit, uh, in one way or the other. Um, and so, uh, the movie I should say is, uh, not just a clever title. It is about a group of, uh, environmental activists who are planning to blow up a pipeline. And, uh, the movie is put together like a heist picture. Um, very much, uh, spends a lot of time on the 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 how to um, the process of what they need to do to get this done, how they need to get away with it, what how what role each person on the team plays. Um, uh, but it also has flashbacks to backstories of how they came to be a part of this group and how they how they came to feel the way they feel um, uh, about 
um, this or any oil pipeline. Um, uh, it, it's it's such a uh, crackerjack thriller of a movie. I mean, there are multiple tense sequences. Um, uh, Daniel Goldhaber, who made Cam, which is also a very good movie that is... Um, I'll probably never watch again because I found it very upsetting, but a very good movie. Um, this one I will definitely watch again. I wish I could watch it again right now. Um, uh, uh, no, I, I got off track. What was I saying? Um, so it's, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really well made thriller heist type of movie um, that doesn't have to it 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 doesn't uh, feel the need to include the kind of conservative moralizing you find in um, most studio American genre movies. Um, There are, the movie does make some points against what they're doing, but they're not from the sort of conservative or Judeo-Christian Christian values of you know this is wrong you know you're gonna hurt somebody or um, violence isn't the way or you know this is someone's property like those are not the 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 protests against doing this um, that come up in in the movie the but also the movie isn't like on the other hand it's not like a strident like screed. Uh, in favor of what of, of of what they're doing it just is and uh it never stops being a fantastic uh again just one of the best heist type movies that uh i've seen in a very long time if ever um i honestly think that there's a chance that how to that how to blow pipe pipeline you know, somewhere down the line is seen as one of the signature, if not best or most important movies of the decade. I sorry, I, I don't know if I'm overselling it. Um, I probably am, but uh, you know, my my rule. Um, I, I'll I'll say this to, to tell you how much I care about it. My rule is that uh, I put things on top 10 lists based on the year they premiered um this movie premiered in 2022 and i will say on my personal list stars at noon is no longer my favorite film of 2022 how to blow up a pipeline is Mm -hmm.